Hello, Sawona, how's it? Molo, Jambo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. It's wonderful to be here, and I must say that it's, it's honestly a delight for me to be standing here, uh, being a part of this series that we've been doing, because in, I think there's been two sessions now that have been done on the series called The Art of Spirituality. And I must tell you, the first time when I saw that title, when, I, you know, when we were looking at the sermons planned, I was a bit nervous because spirituality is, um, is spoken about so much, but it's got, it's like, you know, the way that in which it is defined is so different to what we know as spirituality as uh, the children of God. But anyway, I am, I'm excited about it because we are called to be spiritual people. God has made us to all be spiritual people. So spirituality is a huge part of who we are. So it needs to stay alive and be alive. So anyway, just to give a little bit of a summary, uh, Pastor Wayne started off so beautifully explaining to us why it is that this is important. Because he said that uh, because of, you know, the ideas of postmodernism and humanism, uh, people have been left feeling dry, feeling wanting, feeling like there's something that is missing in their lives. Because, you know, when, when you follow these ideas, you find that there's, you know, when you leave God out of the equation or when you leave the spiritual out of the, out of the equation, you know that there's definitely something wrong with that picture. So anyway, people are really hungry for spiritual things. And um, if you can note, in the, in the last few decades, there's been a lot of investment into this, a lot of talk about all of this. So then many people who say they're spiritual have a form of spirituality that is usually centered in new age ideas or, you know, and also Eastern practices. But in South Africa, uh, there is this return to ancestralism and, and, and all of that. So when people say they're spiritual, that's, that's usually what they, what they define as spirituality. So I'm sure you've heard of things like serenity, connectedness, mindfulness, centeredness. All those words sound just so beautiful, so wow, you know. And these are the things that people talk about. And these are the attractive terms that we have, we have now. But you see, this hunger is, is normal because we were born to be spiritually, we, were, we are born as spiritual beings also to be connected to God. So, we, so it's, it's normal for us to want to have this so-called centeredness, etc., but uh, in the right place. So um, Jesus said something interesting, which Pastor Wayne spoke about last week. He said that um, when we are thirsty, we are to come to him. He, he made that invitation. He said, come, all of you who are thirsty. And it's because he is our living water. He said that when we come to him, uh, then he will give us rivers of living water that will flow out of our inside. So the rivers that we have been given is the presence of the Holy Spirit. He flows through us and he gives us life and he gives the others around us life. So he's the one who makes us to be centered, you know, to be centered with him anyway, not you know, the chakras and all that. But he's the one who, who gives us a sense of purpose, a, sen a sense of peace, uh, joy, all the things that people are looking for. So then um, the series, as I'm, I'm just, you know, summarizing that the series is really about those practices that we need to have in our lives, the tools that God has given to us for us to have a thriving 
um, spirituality, a, a thriving spiritual life. Okay, so it's about those practices that bring us closer to God, because for us, the difference is that our spirituality is about God. So all the practices that we have, they are there so that we can be face to face with God. Like in, in, the, in the last uh, weeks when we learned about um, having a meeting place, when, when Pastor Wayne was talking about solitude, that it is important for us to have that place in our lives to carve it out where we are face to face with God, where we connect with God, those quiet uh, times where we spend time with the Lord, just like Moses did, where he had to have those moments to quieten down and to hear what the Lord was saying to him. And then, so that was the first one. The second one, of course, was around uh, meditation, biblical meditation. And um, just one thing that stri struck me about biblical um, meditation is that it is centered on filling our minds with the Word of God, and it brings us closer to Him uh, it's not about us uh, emptying ourselves out, but about us filling our minds with who God is and what his word says. All right, so now, today we are continuing on the series and we're looking at thankfulness. And um, I don't know if uh, many of you have heard about the, you know, the upsurge of the, um, uh, upsurge in popularity of gratitude so people talk about gratitude journaling and gratitude this, gratitude that. It's out there and it's big. And it is seen as something that uh, will give you happiness, etc. And we'll talk about this just now. But before we, before we, we carry on, can we please just uh, uh, pray? All right. <laughs> Father in heaven, we commit this time to you. We believe your plans for us are good. And Lord, everything good starts with your word. Your word brings life, healing, and direction. We treasure your word more than our daily bread, Lord. We boldly confess our minds are alert. Our hearts are receptive. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Yes. Now, I want to ask you, how often do you say thank you? Do you know how often, just in one day, how many times do you say thanks? Thank you, Ngyabonga. Thank you. Pardon? The whole day. <laughs> 50, 50 times. Well, um, it's interesting that uh, a study was done and it, it went something like uh, Americans say thank you about four times a day, which is, but, but, this is when they say it meaning it. So, however, they say it a lot more times than that. But when they, when, it, when they mean it, it's four times a day. So how many times do you say thank you and you actually mean it? I mean, most of us were taught as kids to say thank you. It was one of those, you know, those are the basic, basic things. So if you're a parent and you have a child that you have not taught to say thank you, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a problem there. <laughs> so we've been brought up to say thank you because thank you is the right thing to do. Thank you is, the, is how you respond to when someone does something to you, for you, all right? But now this has been, um, you know, like uh, inculcated in us, just like the, the times tables when I was growing up uh, during back in the day when it was Bantu education, well, in the stint that I did of Bantu ed education, 
we were taught the times tables. And it was one times one is one, two times two is two, 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 you see, I even got it wrong. Two times two is four, two times three is six. So I learned my times table like that. I crammed it. So I think sometimes for us, saying thank you is a thing that has been so crammed into us that we don't actually understand the importance of it. So, um, so of, how often do we really pause and say it from the depth of our hearts? Um, just uh, some fun facts here that I'm, I'm just going to give you. This is from an article from Psychology Today. Um, and they said there are some benefits, okay, of gratitude, of having gratitude. The first one is that it opens the door to more relationships. Okay, didn't know that. But um, anyway, if you want more information, just go, you'll find out why. It improves physical health, so you exercise more. Apparently, grateful people exercise more. <laughs> they are more likely to take care of their health because if you appreciate what you have, you look after it. It improves psychological health, so there's less focus on toxic thoughts and it increases happiness and reduces depression. It enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Even when uh, somebody uh, does something to you, you are less likely to retaliate when you have gratitude in your heart. It aids better sleep. So a suggestion there was that if you take 15 minutes every night and you write down the things that you're grateful for, you are more likely to sleep better than a person who does not. And it fosters resilience. What has been found is that people who, are, who have gratitude are able to go through difficult times and come out better than they were when they went in. Isn't that interesting? That is actually quite fascinating. But now, what I want to do is to just take us down, down a journey of understanding what gratitude is and why it's important to us as God's children, but not only gratitude, but thankfulness. And yes, they're two different things. So gratitude is being appreciative of benefits that we've received. So that's one of the definitions. All right. It's appreciating that, wow, I have a good life. I have blessings. I'm blessed. So it's just that attitude of the heart. So it comes with awareness. You have to be aware that something good has happened in order to have the feeling of appreciation. So it's just being aware that there are good things that are happening in my life. And it's that feeling that you have, okay? So you can't be grateful for something that you're not aware of. So it is the state of the heart. Your, your gratitude is the state of the heart. Just a... Um, be have giving thanks within, all right? And thankfulness is not the same as gratitude. It's slightly different in the sense that thankfulness is gratefulness, but it's grace, gratefulness expressed. So thankfulness is expressing gratitude and relief. So it's doing something about what you feel. You know, that, so that's what it is. For example, there's been explanations of, of love uh, where people say, uh, just because you feel goosebumps when you're in God's presence does not mean that you love him. You love him when you do what he says. So those are two different things. So that's what it is. So we can have gratitude, just having a disposition of being grateful for what you have. But if you do not take it out and act it out, then you are not being thankful. Right. So, um, so it requires action, response, right? So I'm going to ask us to read a scripture in Luke chapter 17, where we see the difference between these two things. This is now Jesus, and, um, and uh, it's, a, it's a familiar scripture to many people. 
Luke 17 from verse 11, it says the following. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. How many people? 10, right. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And the Bible says, they all shouted and said, Jesus, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus's feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So this is a powerful story because it shows uh, how we are as people, how we tend to be sometimes. When we are in need, we are quick to shout and to ask for help and especially ask God to help us and to take us out of the trouble that we are in. We fast, we pray, we ask the whole world to pray with us. We ask everyone, please, can you just stand with me? I'm trusting God for this, that, and the other. But just like the lepers, what sometimes happens is that when we get the response that we are waiting for, when we get that answer from God, we are either too slow to thank him or we don't thank him at all. What is significant, I was just reading something and this other lady was saying that perhaps they did intend to thank him, but thanking him was probably number four on the list or number five on the list. Can you imagine you've been living as a leper, which meant that you were not living with your family. You were completely outside. You were ostracized. You were completely outside of society. Now, all of a sudden, you realize that you're healed, which means that you are now able to live amongst the people. Perhaps what they wanted to do was to go and clean up, take off the dirty clothes, put on new, new ones, and then go and present themselves to Jesus when they are now perfectly whole. It could have been a number of reasons, but the point is this. It's that Jesus questioned this. He asked, didn't all of you get healed? He knew that they were all healed, but only one of them came back to him. And what is also significant is that it's the Samaritan who came back. It's the Samaritan who came back. Now, this brought a question to my mind that as a child of God, how often do I thank him for answered prayer? How often do I thank him for the food that I eat, like, you know, with a grateful heart? How often do I thank him? Because I pray so much, there are so many things that I pray for, but how many of those things do I actually thank him for when they are met? Which is why it's so important to have a journal, because when you journal, when you write things down, you are able to track the things that God has done for you, and then you are able to thank him real time. I was quite challenged the other time when um, Langa made a statement. Somebody was, was looking for a job and we were praying for this, for this person. And we prayed with her and thank God she, she got the job that she was looking for. She told us about it. We we're like, oh, that's wonderful. That's great. And then he said to me, so when are we going to make it an occasion to thank God? When are we going to thank him? We were shouting and praying for hours so are we now not going to, uh, to thank God? The same effort needs to be given to thanking God than, you know, the same effort that we took, that we put in, you know what I mean, 
Yes, that. <laughs> so, uh, and here we see the difference between the two groups, or the group and the one. The other nine did feel grateful, most probably, because why wouldn't they? Because their lives had been changed. So surely they had that gratefulness in their hearts, but they did not express it. But you know what I find interesting? It's that the one who came back was not only healed, but he got more than that. He got more because he came back and he expressed his thanks to Jesus. So I find this amazing that when we thank God, he, he, he reciprocates. And then we have another occasion to thank him. And then he reciprocates. It's just this whole cycle. Aren't we tired of cycles of negative things happening in our lives? We need to start cycles of the goodness of God, of seeing the goodness of God in our lives. And one of the ways in which we do it is through thanksgiving. It's, it's being thankful. There's something Umtabs said this morning. She said, when we thank God, it's like we are opening a door. We are opening a door to things that we never would experience. Okay, so now what I just want to do is to just talk about why being thankful is so important. You know, why? Why is it? Okay. The first reason is that it's obedience. And I think that's the most important reason. You know, sometimes we look at things as in, what's in it for me? You know, what am I going to benefit out of this? But really, it's obedience. God says we must give thanks to Him. I don't know how many verses say in the Bible, give thanks to the Lord. How about 1 Corinthians Chronicles, sorry, 1 Chronicles 16 verse 24. It says, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. It even gives us a reason Give thanks to him because he is good. So he deserves our thanks. But not only that, God expects us to be thankful. So we are thankful because we are responding to his goodness. He does so many things for us that he deserves our thanks. That's why when people give things to us or when they do things for us, then we respond in kind. Sorry, can I please have my Bible? I left it in the in the bag. I just remember there's a scripture when we were praying, or rather when we were worshiping, uh, God just um, highlighted a scripture uh, in my heart. And uh, <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> okay, if we, can we just open um, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Um, Okay, Romans chapter 1, verse... Uh, do you remember those days when it took you a while to get to a scripture? <laughs> it's beautiful, just beautiful. <laughs> All right, Romans chapter 1, verse... Um, let's start from verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So I'll just leave it there. But basically what God was saying here 
is this scripture, what it was saying is that even those who don't know God, the invisible things of him were clearly seen in creation. So we can see God in creation. We can see God in the things that he has created. We can see his eternal power and understand that he is God. That's why other people say there is a higher power. They recognize that there is somebody out there who must have made all of this. It couldn't have just happened. The Big Bang doesn't make much sense. Because if you look at the eye, if you, if you look at the leaf, how can that have just come from a speck of dust? Very intelligent speck of dust, that is. And it says, 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. But because they were not thankful and because they did not glorify God, the Bible says they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. They professed themselves to be wise. They became fools. And then it goes on and on and on and on. So, here's the thing. If we do not have gratefulness and we do not have thankfulness, what begins to happen is that our attention moves from the one to whom we are supposed to be giving thanks to. And then our understanding gets darkened. We become foolish because remember, we were created for God. So when he tells us to thank him, when we are obedient to him, we are actually in the right place that we are supposed to be as people. And in his goodness, he tells us to thank him. So part of his goodness is him encouraging us to have thankfulness as a part of who we are. He is good. His love endures forever. Secondly, the reason why we need to thank God is because of the recipient. First, the first receiver of our thanks is God. But do you know that even when you thank a person for what they have done, you are literally thanking God. Because we are thanking the person because they exist in our lives to be able to either make our life easier or they are there to <laughs> challenge us so that we can grow. Because sometimes you thank people when you don't even feel like thanking him, thanking them. But you thank them because the challenge that they bring to your life is going to cause you to grow. And it's going to cause you to get closer to God because you will lean more into God. What about those challenging bosses? The ones that you're supposed to thank God for and to even thank them for the contribution that they're making in your life. When you are thanking a person, you are thanking God for the existence of that person. You are thanking God for the opportunity to see his goodness through that person. Yes, we are supposed to be grateful, for, you know, to, to our families and all of that and to show gratitude for who they are in our lives, to thank them for the things that they do. But also, you know, it's interesting that there are so many things that we take for granted that actual people in our lives do. We just, like, we, 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 we are so used to it such that we don't, Say thanks sometimes. What about um, the parent who makes you lunch boxes, kids? What about, um, you know, the dad who drops you off every day? 
What about the pocket money? What about the husband who, who makes you coffee? What about the friend? <laughs> you know, what about the friend who washes the dishes after you've left them? I mean, there are so many things that people do for us that we take for granted. And even when we thank them, we don't thank them with a heart filled with gratitude. It's just that, oh, thanks. <laughs> and what I find interesting is that even in times of spiritual warfare, when we are facing challenges, we are to give thanks. Why is that? Because when we give thanks our attention moves to the recipient of the thanks, not the problem that we are facing. You know, I think sometimes when, when, when people are praying and they are in challenging times, their focus is so much on demons, it's like God does not exist. I'm not saying you should not stand in the authority that God has given you and do bus the business that you need to do. But what I am saying is that the first thing is giving God thanks. Because you understand that even the authority that you're standing on has been God-given. It doesn't come from yourself. It's just like, hey, Mina, my demon. Because sometimes we end up having that attitude in our hearts. Second Chronicles 20 verse 21 says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men, men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Can you picture this? This is wartime. This is war. And in front, you're not putting your best sharpshooters and, you know, whatever it is that they do but you're putting people who are going to thank the Lord. And this was a strategy that we was give, he was given by God himself. He said to him, put the people in front. Let them thank me. Let them praise me. So what thankfulness does is that we identify, we, we, we put our eyes on God, right? And not on the warfare. So what begins to happen is that we're inviting God into the war that you are fighting. You're inviting God into your situation by just thanking Him. Amen. And then I'd like us to also read Philippians 4, verse 67. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So God says we must pray, we must petition, but it must be with thanksgiving. In this way, we are to present our requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A grateful heart and disposition is a powerful weapon in our arsenal as God's children. It also helps us to be at peace in the midst of the challenge. Even before the answer comes, we are at peace. When we have prayed, we wait on the Lord with thanksgiving because we trust God and know that He is good. He is our good Father. He's in our corner. It increases also another thing that it does is that it increases our expectation and maintains an atmosphere of faith in our hearts. 
So the beautiful part of this is that you have joy while you wait and joy when you get the result. So you enjoy the path, you enjoy the journey, and you enjoy the result. I've found in my life that when I have had this disposition, I've enjoyed the journey far more than the result. It's like God gives you a peace and a joy that is incomparable when you focus on Him and you thank Him deliberately, daily, consistently. Now, here's something that, that I found which I thought was quite interesting. Beth Moore wrote this. So he said, so basically, we can either have that, which is in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, or we can have the following. Do not be calm about anything, but in everything, by dwelling on it constantly and feeling picked on by God with thoughts like, and this is the thanks I get, present your aggravations to everyone you know but Him. And the acid in your stomach, which transcends all milk products, will cause you an ulcer, and the doctor bills will cause you a heart attack, and you will you lose your mind. <laughs> I mean, that is just spot on. That is spot on. <laughs> because that's the reality of what we are choosing. When we don't pray for the situations that we are in, but also pray with thanksgiving. You know, I've seen people praying when they're in, in, in situations, and sometimes it goes like this. We, you know, we beg God and beg Him and beg Him. Here it says we must bring our petitions. Have you ever heard a person bringing a petition begging? We bring our, it's a request. So we are asking, we're saying, you know, you ask the Lord with an attitude that says, I know you are good and I know you love me. I know you are with me. I might not understand what's happening in this situation, but it's bringing me anxiety. So I bring the anxiety to you and I thank you that in this situation, you are going to overcome. And I thank you that in this situation, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So I thank you that I will see my answer and that you are God who is faithful to me. You see the difference? And how about the prayer that goes like, okay, where we binding and loosing and all of that. That one, it leaves you angry. <laughs> you, mm, these demons. It leaves you angry without inviting Jesus in. Whereas if you do that with thanksgiving, it has always got to be colored with thanksgiving. A prayer life that does not have thanks creates a hard person. Yeah. So anyway, gratitude doesn't just happen. You can't will it to happen. You can't will it. Okay, God, I'm not going to be the Beth Moore version. Okay, I'm going to be great. Uh, I'm going to be grateful. It doesn't just happen like that. It requires deliberate and consistent action. Okay. So for many of us, gratitude is not a natural state of our hearts. I know some people who are just, you know, who just have that. But it's not all of us. We are much too aware of everything that's happening around us. We are too aware of the petrol price. We are too aware of everything, everything else. Okay. But then... What I can tell you is this, is that it is possible to transform from being a person who has ingratitude to a person 
who is thankful to God. It is possible to go from a person who is very negative in their thinking and who even misses those opportunities to thank God. It is possible. And I'm telling you it's possible because exhibit number A. This was a serious struggle for me. So I would say these scriptures by faith, but knowing that ish, it's not there yet. So does anyone know this, this song? Okay, many of you are young, so you might not. It says, give thanks with a grateful heart. You know, Don Moore, give thanks, that one, <laughs> with a grateful heart. Yes. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> guys, <laughs> oh wow, with a grateful heart <laughs> to the Holy One, give thanks because it's given Jesus Christ, His Son, and now let the weak say I am strong, let the poor say I am rich, because of what the Lord has done for us. Okay. Yay! Well done. I forgot that you're older than Keanu, so you're really old. <laughs> wow. Thank you very much for singing that song, because although I love it, there's one statement in that song that just I didn't like, and I didn't, it annoyed me. Give thanks with a grateful heart. I'd be like, okay, right, give thanks with a grateful heart, but I don't have a grateful heart. So I'm going to be singing this song over and over. But I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have a grateful heart. So how do I cultivate this thing? But I love the song because then it says, And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say. Okay, so we're going somewhere with this. This is one of the ways in which you cultivate a thankful heart. So it's one, solitude and meditation. We've been there. But let me just talk about meditation first. The song says, give thanks with a grateful heart. And now let the weak say, I am. So it is actually telling us to say what the word says about us, regardless of how we feel, whether it's a reality or not. So we meditate on the word of God. So when we meditate when we are consistent meditators in the Word of God, what happens is that what we meditate on, we become. You become what you behold. You know, that statement. So when you, on a daily basis or on a, on a, you know, on a regular basis, take the Word of God and meditate on it, if perhaps you are one of those who do not, who don't have gratitude, and who are not thankful, then it is important to take the Word of God. Go and look them up. There's, a, there's probably at least 50 scriptures in the Word on thanking God. There's a psalm 
I think for the first 15 verses it says, um, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness endures forever. There are all sorts of verses, all sorts of scriptures that you can take and that you can meditate on. So you can sing it, you can create a song out of it, you can go find this song and sing it every day, throughout the day. You can find songs that speak about thankfulness and songs like, thanks be to God who always, things, songs like that. Find songs that, whose theme is thanking the Lord. You can take those scriptures and you can meditate, you can think about them, you can, okay, so, so I am to be thankful. So, you know, so you understand. Meditation. Secondly, solitude. When we spend time and we speak to God, devoted, focused time with God, we cannot not thank Him. It's impossible because when you spend those times, what happens is that you find that the things that are good in your life become highlighted. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, um, I was taught when, uh, just after I got saved, and many people teach that when you are praying, the best place to start is by thanking God. But it's also scriptural. When we come into the presence of the Lord, it is good to thank him first. Because you coming into the gates, it opens. What happens is that when you thank God first, it creates that atmosphere in your heart that is right for you to be able to experience the presence of the Lord and for you to hear from Him better. Because thanking Him removes the focus from everything else. Like that song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full at His wonderful face, and the things of the world will, will grow strangely dim. So thanking Him does that. It makes Him the hero of the moment you know, makes him the hero of the moment. And also, the one thing I just forgot to say about uh, meditating is that something interesting happens. Part of meditation is repeating, you know, it's saying the word out, it's declaring it, right? And also praying the word out. Something interesting happens when we do that. Do you know Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Right? So, when we hear ourselves saying the Word of God, when you hear yourself declaring it, that builds faith on the inside. That changes the atmosphere of your heart so that faith takes root in your heart and you become the thing that you're meditating on. So, it, it becomes, it just happens of itself. You don't have to fight it to happen. It just happens. And it helps create that atmosphere of awe in your heart of what God has done, but also expectation to see what God is going to do. Another way in which we can, we can cultivate thankfulness or be a consistently thankful person is deliberately looking for opportunities to thank God. Looking. So it's like treasure hunting, determining in your heart every morning that, okay, today I am going to look and I'm going to find the things that God has done for me. I'm going to find things to be thankful for. So give yourself a test, like a seven-day whatever thing, and say to, and 
don't thank him for the same thing every day. But look. And you know what? When you deliberately look, you will find. All of a sudden, you know that count your blessings, name them one by one. Hey, it's songs today, hey? But anyway, <laughs> count your blessings, name them one by one. You find that you, you even forget where you were in the count because there are just so many things to be thankful for. This is one thing that I started doing that changed my life, that dramatically changed my life. It did not change the things that were happening around me, but it changed me. It changed my outlook, and it, it helped me to have peace. And it gave me a joy that was unimaginable. And it's so funny that when I started looking, it's like God was showing off. Now, an example of this is that I, I really like butterflies. There's just something about butterflies. I love butterflies, and someone gave me a word that has to do with butterflies. So ever since, I've just, when I see a butterfly, I'm like, oh. So now, now when I started doing this, I would see a butterfly every day outside. So I would literally walk out of the house, and I'd see a butterfly, and it would be a different one every day. And um, last week, <laughs> I drove into the yard and I saw two butterflies and they started chasing each other and they were like, it was like they were dancing in front of me. I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And then as soon as they disappeared, I saw three butterflies. So this is the multiplication effect. <laughs> so I was like, so you see, it's like, and I was like, wow, this is so good. Thank you, Lord, that you just gave me these butterflies to look at because you know how I enjoy them. Maybe it doesn't do it for you. You're like, what, butterflies? But for me, yes, like, for what? But for me, it gave me something to thank God for. And because he knows how much butterflies mean to me, he gave me that opportunity. Then I had this moment, oh, thank you, Lord. They're so beautiful. They're so wonderful. Oh, you know. So, he shows off. He begins to show off, and you start seeing all these things around you. And you're like, wow, God. So this is happening, and that is happening, and that is happening. Now, with this, it doesn't mean that this is only for the times when things are good. But even in your worst circumstances, look for those. Decide to look, to be deliberate about looking for the things that you can be thankful for. Now, I have something funny here. Uh, Matthew Henry, everyone knows, well, a lot of people know Matthew Henry. He is a, he was, he's a Bible scholar. He was an 18th century preacher. So, um, you know, his Bible commentary is well used. All right. So he was robbed one day. He was walking in the streets of England. If you thought the 18th century was better than now, <clears throat> yeah, anyway. He was robbed, and this is what he said. He wrote in his diary. He said, let me be thankful, first, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it wasn't much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. <laughs> Now, how is that? That is, that, that's incredible. It's, it's like, you know, that part just got me. It was not I who robbed, but I who was robbed. Okay, ooh, 
Okay, let me be, let me move faster. The third thing you can do is to pray about it. Ask God to cultivate in you a heart of gratitude so you can be genuinely thankful to him and to those around you. So there are many other practical things that you can do that can cultivate. But these three things are the things that if you start with them, they will begin to change the, the, the you know, your heart. And not only that, but they will bring you face to face with the Lord. You will, be, you, will, you will be able to enter into his presence. And just as you thank him, you become so aware of his goodness. And it will be genuine. It won't be like, um, okay, I have to thank God. Um, okay, where do, what do I say? It won't be awkward with God. But so we need to cultivate this so that we can then be able to do it regularly. So um, like I was saying, when I started being deliberate, it, about it, it, it completely changed my life. So I know that God can change your life through this. And he can change your life so that you, you rather experience him better through understanding his word, through you experience him better in your day-to-day -day life. And not only that, you become a blessing to other people. A person who is thankful is such a pleasant person to be around. I suppose that's why in that thing, the number one thing, the number one, what was it? It says, um, yes, it opens the door to more relationships. So if you want people to want to be in relationships with you, note I didn't say, I just said relationships general. So it'll be a good thing to cultivate <laughs> this heart. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermon. Be blessed.